Welcome to another episode of Based News Network. I am your host, Punk Revolution Now, also known as Kayo, here with Sophie, also known of Joan Avarka on Instagram. Say hi, Sophie. Hi. I hope you all are having a wonderful week. We've got some epic news to share, starting with our first item, which is more epic fun news about our favorite Republican to ever exist, George Santos, who is quite an epic character. Um, so obviously, just an FYI, I absolutely hate Republicans um, because they're all evil. Um, but George Santos, I feel like he's... He's on a whole new realm. Like he's on a whole new realm. level. Yeah. Of Repu- like, yeah. He's like, I feel like he's like transcended like party politics and he's in he's like just like in this like fantastical zone of like insanity (laughs) you know yeah like i think every single republican and honestly democrat too but i think it's more transparent with the republicans just are putting on a show you know just putting on a show lying saying what they got to do to entertain the crowd you know they're just got to do what they got to do to win and entertain the voters and make them, you know. And George Santos, he is literally, he's like a performance artist. With So, you know, just a, little, just a back step for those of you who don't know or don't remember who George Santos is. He's the guy who won a seat on the House of Representatives in Congress in New York, in New York State. Um, but he lied about literally everything of his identity, where he went to school, where he worked. He lied about being Jewish. He lied about his mom dying dying in nine eleven. He he's like he's like he's like a fraud, just a complete f- thorough fraud. Just the amount of lies coming out about his life, just just gigantic. It's an insane. This all this it's stuff comical. came out. It's insane. All this stuff came out after he won. Uh, it's kind of like what the heck was the Democratic Party doing? Not just doing some basic research into your opposition anyways doesn't matter so that's all fun we keep hearing little fun little funny little snippets of lies coming out of george santos's life as more people are doing research into him where did he get all this money blah 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 and this week we have gotten something that i thought was a meme i thought this was a meme that was photoshopped covered something insane yes so yes so yeah, I mean, Kyle, do you want to say it? or um... George Santos may have been a drag queen. And now I love him. And now we love him. <laughs> now we love him. He's great. Yeah. Great guy. Maybe George Santos was a Democrat all along. Yeah, maybe he's lying about being Republican. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, I think this story kind of broke with like a friend of George Santos saying... That mm-hmm. he used to be a drag queen when he was in Brazil, and there was like a photo of him dressed up very clearly in drag. And uh, I mean, this is obviously well. I mean, okay. So first off, George Santos is openly gay. Uh, he is an openly gay Republican, which um, so it's not like this yes, is like they exist. Yes, they yes they exist. So you know, I, unfortunately, I, you know, obviously, Sophie. Oh, sorry. Am I not being inclusive? I'm sorry. I don't know. We have to be inclusive of gay Republicans. All right. So that is where we disagree, but that's okay. Okay. I think I agree with you that. Okay. So George Santos. So obviously when it comes to LGBTQ issues, it's not like George Santos is like thoroughly, extremely anti-gay like some Republican Congress people are. Uh, But it doesn't, you know, it's still he is in the party that really doesn't have any priorities right now and they're just kind of grabbing whatever they can from Fox News to convince people to vote for them and right now a lot of that is focused on fear-mongering around drag queens around trans people about around LGBT 
LGBTQ issues entering mm-hmm. our schools and grooming kids. So the fact that, you know, we got this picture, it's, you know, it's, I've seen people joke on Twitter, like, oh, the Republican Party loved George Santos and didn't care about his lies until he was caught dressing in drag. And some people are saying the opposite. Democrats hated George Santos, and now Democrats love him oh now that he was God. in drag. And that's me. I will admit, I am a, I am a Democrat. No, I'm George warming Santos. up. I'm warming yeah. up to him now because of the drag. I won't lie. Well, yeah. not necessarily. I just think it's funny. I think it's a good meme. You know, like it's a good. He's meme. almost like I don't really know because I don't know. Do you think he's gonna keep his position? I yes, feel like. Yes. You think he is? Okay. So I will go even... F- I, this is some actual news here that I am shocked is not making more headlines. George Santos, not only did he win, not only has he not been expelled by other Republicans, he has been granted seats on key committees in the House of Representatives. What? Kept, yes. He is like sitting on, I think, like the, the small businesses committee and then like some other committee. So... Kevin, you know, I remember the, all that like mayhem and chaos with Kevin McCarthy not becoming like the the, the yeah. leader of the house. So somehow, out of all that chaos, George Santos has like aligned himself with like the far right branch of the Republican Party and managed to get placed on a couple committees uh, where like he actually has like clout and influence now. So you know, I th- I hope George Santos for president. I wasn't gonna go there, Cric- but crickets, crickets. We could, we could see it happen. We can, I could see it happen. <laughs> no, first drag queen president. He should, de- he should honestly be the first Republican to ever be a a guest on RuPaul, or maybe the first Republican. Well, okay, RuPaul's probably like, Republican. Uh, actually, let's take it back. <laughs> no, I don't, probably, I don't know. Well, yeah, we don't know. about We that. can get into that later. Maybe I don't know, uh, but yeah, maybe he could be. It's crazy, Sophie, because remember I made that meme like last week of that one contestant on RuPaul I said looked like George Santos. George Santos, Salinas, Salinas Titties? Yes, yes, I made that meme. From this season of Drag Race. Yeah. Yeah, he made a meme saying that she looks like George Santos out of drag because she kind of looks like George Santos out of drag. And a lot, he predicted the future. So I know you're like a staunch scientist, but I think you have some psychic powers. Hmm, the scientist in me has to think about that because maybe I do. But I was going to say, I, I hope that, the, like, you know, what the, this is just insane, though. Like, th- I don't know what's going to happen two years from now, four years from now, whenever there's the, the next elections and Democrats need to, like, scare a bunch of normies into going out and vote um, with, like, attack ads of Republicans, as they do, as both parties do. The Democrats should literally just, like, play on repeat, repeat on TV not only did Republicans like elect George Santos by lying their asses off about his identity, like who he is, they also gave him like power. You know what I mean? It's not like a, I'm sure they're gonna do that. I'm they sure should. they should. It's crazy. It's like it's like it's, it just shows you how spineless the uh, the Republican Party is now. Like Kevin McCarthy's so desperate for power to become the 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 leader of the House of Representatives that he's willing to give a freshman in Congress who is a million scandals tied to him, like, authority, like, power. Uh, it's, it's like... It's, it's wild. It's like, wild. I feel like in this, like, since Trump, like, we've learned to sort of accept, like, this craziness, like, on the yeah. daily from our government. Yeah. And this is just no exception, I think. But yeah. I will say... Um, and I'm not educated on this clearly because I was thinking, okay, like there's just no way they can keep George Santos with all this like controversy and stuff. And I guess I'm wrong because he apparently has a lot of political clout now. And I was thinking, okay, so since he's probably going to like lose his position or like not have any like real effect, I was thinking, is it okay to stand him as a joke? Because yes, I, I was like, he's kind of iconic like just like constantly lying and not like there's like a drag queen in brazil like it's just like so insane and like honestly like like i i could see like stan twitter like latching on to him mm-hmm. as like mm-hmm. an icon but yeah, i mean I'm now i'm not sure i mean i'm not so sure now he's a lot of political power and he's yeah, also like aligned himself with the far right so it seems like he might actually do some damage i don't really know who knows i don't i don't know but i 
maybe he isn't so harmless and <laughs> maybe i'll back off on that because i was like oh the drag queen all right slay. yeah like, i know right it's gonna be just like kidding donald- i'm kidding yeah. by the way <laughs> it's gonna be like donald trump all over again where like he's like oh okay this is really funny this republican who's absolutely insane but it's really right. really funny that's what happened powerless. that's what happened with the yeah. trump i gotta yeah. be careful with my I thinking know, I, I, I hope four years from now, you know, it's not like George Santos is president and we look back at this podcast episode in shame as we contributed to the rise of fascist George Santos. Oh, no. So. The first gay fascist. Actually, that's not true. There were gay Nazis, so. I feel Anywho. like RuPaul is a gay fascist. <laughs> oh, like, my God. I, I know. Yeah, I, RuPaul has, like, a, I think I said this to Kyle when we were watching the last episode, like, uh, uh, RuPaul has, like, a dictator like authoritarian-esque presence to him yeah like it feels i mean okay he feels like vladimir putin in the room like like he decide not only does he decide what happens in the show but he kind of decides what reality is you know what i mean like he gets it like if someone Hmm. if one of the contestants does a great job you know in a certain in a certain segment of the show rupaul gets to decide actually that wasn't good you know, because he just because he just feels right. like it wasn't good. Like not yet. Yeah, he like he decides. Or he wants to push a certain storyline. Yeah, and I exactly. know producers are involved, but he's the RuPaul is the executive producer, as far as I know. So yeah, like with dictators, like facts and fiction don't matter. What matters is RuPaul like, is a dictator. Everyone, he's a dictator. You've heard facts it here. And, facts and fiction Did don't I, matter to RuPaul. I think we talked about this. I think we talked about this on one of our earlier episodes about the story of how. RuPaul let a man drown in the river. Do you remember that story yes, I told you? Yes, I do. I do. I I'm a, I'm pl- I'm planning on posting a meme about it today probably, so you guys will have probably seen it by now if you're listening um to this yeah. because we're going to release it later obviously blah blah blah. But um yeah, that's just like I feel like that's a dictator thing to do or like a like mm. a sociopathic thing to do. Like yeah, no. you see someone drowning and you don't call for help and you just start praying instead. And also Bruh. both Ru- both RuPaul and, and Vladimir Putin are bald. They're both bald dictators. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Fantano and Anthony Jeff Bezos. Fantano. Oh my goodness. What? Yeah. Oh my God. I, I never thought of this like correlation, but it bunch must be of, true. Bunch of sh- powerful, bald sociopaths. But um, So look out for George Santos on... Uh, the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race. I would um, love that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. New so, queens. Yeah. So I guess right now we're we're forming our p- punk revolution political coalition. So we've got K- Kamala Harris for president in 2024, and mm-hmm. we're also gonna as a as an open minded non biased podcast. We're also going to root for George Santos, so we can we can have also. Uh, yes. conservative some representation some representation on on oh yeah and the other thing too i was gonna say is so george santos did respond to these drag allegations by saying oh yeah like i was having fun right i was like yeah young. yeah like he was saying i wasn't a drag queen i just dressed up once for like a party in brazil um and i, I can believe that yeah. but he's also a compulsive liar yeah yeah exactly uh i, I was just gonna say like Parties in Brazil, you know, they have that carnival. Um, have you ever par- been to that? No, I haven't. But I was just going to say they go hard and, and things like that could happen. So maybe he's not. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to go say he was, he's a compulsive liar and was was a drag queen. And um, yeah. Uh, and surprisingly, George Santos is not the first conservative drag queen because we have Lady Maga. She deleted her. She deleted her account, unfortunately. But she a lot. Maybe some of y'all know about Lady Maga because I used to meme her a lot. She's a conservative drag queen. Um, so there's that. And so I don't know. It's it's. Oh, and also there was a lot. George George Santos also said that he was on an episode of Hannah Montana. So. Mm. the lies keep coming or maybe it's true i don't know like bro has lived so many lives according to his like he kind of he kind of is montana he kind of is hannah montana he's got the best of both worlds yeah so i think it's kind of nice that we managed to tie both vladimir putin and rupaul into this george santos segment because we're going to be talking about both of those uh topics in this very episode 
very uh, shortly very shortly um so with that do you have anything else to say about george santos i don't i think we've kind of talked about everything it's it's um entertaining you know clown the, the clowns on the, the the republican party are a bunch of clowns and george santos is the most entertaining clown so that's basically it um, facts so, so i did want to kind of talk a bit about the the ukraine war right now the war in ukraine with russia's invasion obviously about almost a year ago now um that you know that was the when the russians went with their full-on invasion into ukraine and um there's been obviously a lot that's happened uh over a hundred thousand who knows how many you know hundred thousand plus maybe two hundred thousand deaths lots of those are civilians lots of those are obviously soldiers um or civilians that basically you know had no choice but to become soldiers and fight um so little updates just you know kind of you know a little fast forward russia took a lot of territory ukraine took some territory back russia took a little bit more back it's kind of seeming like things are slowing down a bit not in terms of the deaths slowing down not in terms of things maybe getting closer to peace um but in terms of like progress being made or momentum like there's no momentum right now it seems for ukraine to like take more territory back and there's not much really any momentum for russia to take any more territory of ukraine um kind of gotten to uh kind of an ugly situation like that which tends to happen with with wars and you know just a little fyi because this is something i've dug into not really sure you know I, I was was wondering like how do ukrainians actually feel about this war do ukrainians really want to give their life up to take some more land or return some of their land back to their country that russia took or is you know are they just kind of being forced to by like zelensky or whatever and it does seem actually that the um you know according to polls zelensky's approval rating is over 90 percent in ukraine and there's a lot and a lot of enthusiasm. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of enthusiasm. That's exceptionally high. Yeah, that is, you know, obviously Joe Biden approval rating is like at 40%. So, you know, you can kind of imagine Zelensky's like unified the entire country. Like, it's, I was it's just like, thinking it would be epic to live in a country where the leader's approval rate is that high. Yeah, I agree. And I think a big part of it is... I mean, is Zel- not in the situation of Ukraine. I yeah, we don't want to live... Yeah, we don't want to be... Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, because Zelensky was elected actually as the guy who he wanted to like negotiate peace with Russia. Like he was like the peace candidate. You know what I mean? Who was elected to like prevent a war with Russia. Mm. And that's what his like priority was. But Russia still wasn't willing to have any reasonable conversations with him and ended up invading and just killing a ton of people so obviously now he's like he's kind of unified you know he's got the whole he's got the people who are already like before the war who are already super critical of russia supporting him obviously and the people who are more open to negotiating with russia and being more friendly to russia obviously now they all hate russia because they've invaded ukraine and are killing a ton of people so that brings us to the latest drama right now that's kind of in the news is regarding sending tanks to ukraine um, Russia is a very big country with a lot more people and a lot more money than Ukraine. So in a situation like right now where the war kind of slows down to a halt, um, and, and it's kind of like a, a matter of who can last the longest in the war without caving in, um, a country like Russia, who is a lot bigger and more wealthy than Ukraine, has a huge advantage in that situation. So lots of people are concerned that if if there's no momentum for Ukraine and things are kind of halted at a, a stalemate, that's going to give Russia an advantage because they have a lot more people they can recruit, a lot more money and wealth to actually recoup their weapons and ammunition and stuff. While Ukraine is a hundred thousand percent dependent on foreign aid and everything, and and the idea is with this kind of halt that in a few months, lots of people are speculating there's going to be a really big push, another really big push by Russia to take more ter- territory oh, from no. Ukraine. Yeah, so Ukraine right now is saying, please send us tanks, tanks because that's like going to be a pretty you know we, we've sent a lot of um, 
you know, like uh, defense um, anti-aircraft guns and stuff like that to Ukraine, which is, you know, very much just directly saving lives in Ukraine. But now, now with this, uh, uh, the speculation there's going to be another really big push by Russia soon. Ukraine wants tanks, and everybody wants to send tanks to Ukraine. At least when I say everybody, I mean pretty much all the political leadership in the UK, the United States, throughout Europe, they want to send tanks to um, Ukraine. But the tanks in Europe are manufactured by and owned by Germany. And Germany needs to be the last country to sign off and give the thumbs up on giving Ukraine tanks. And Germany, well, they don't want to give tanks to Ukraine. And I can honestly understand why they don't want to. You know, it's kind of a scary thing to give tanks to Ukraine when Russia is saying, if you keep escalating this war, we're going to use nukes. And that's what Germany's big fear is. It's like, um, I don't know if, you know, we want to risk getting nuked over um, sending tanks to Ukraine. And, that's terrifying. Uh, it, is, it is terrifying. You know, the, the, the one thing that's comforting is Russia has threatened this over and over and over again. And the war has steadily escalated with foreign aid being sent to Ukraine and they've not used nukes and it would be really stupid to use nukes and if Russia did use nukes it would be in Ukraine not in Germany but you know Germany they don't want to send nukes or I'm sorry they don't want of course they don't want to send they don't want to send tanks to Ukraine it's <laughs> it is it is freaky um, what? and obviously and another you know another big part of it too is that this is like also kind of um a popular kind of view within the German people. Like the German people aren't super enthusiastic about sending tanks to Ukraine, but basically all the other European countries are like really pissed at Germany right now. Cause it's like, come on, like, because it's like kind of like a formal bureaucratic thing that because the German tanks are manufactured in Germany, Germany, like the German government needs to be the one to sign off on giving the tanks to um, Ukraine. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of what's happening right now in the 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 kind of like political drama in Europe and and Germany is saying we'll only send tanks over if the United States sends tanks over and the United States is like well our tanks are not designed for like the particular geography geography of Ukraine they would be completely useless and it'd be really annoying to teach to have to train Ukrainians on how to use two different types of tanks um but maybe I think the United States might end up sending over their tanks that won't even be that useful in Ukraine, just so Germany will be kind of like forced to send their tanks over too, because that's what the excuse Germany is using right now is like we don't want to send them over unless the United States does. So oh, no, I know it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. There's already just like a ton of very freaky footage of explosions and missiles coming out of Ukraine, and um, you know the thought that maybe six months down the line we'll see. Uh, an escalation with tanks rolling from Ukraine into Russia, or not into Russia, into into Ukraine actually, it's from Ukraine to into Ukrainian territory occupied with Russia, um, and then of course there's going to be more threats of nukes. Long story short, is this is unfortunately um, a drama that's still unfolding. It's a lot of drama within Europe, frankly. Um, so that's kind of all. That's all the updates I have right now. Just kind of an interesting story to watch. And um, we'll we'll kind of see if the tanks go end up going to Ukraine, and if they do, what role they play in hopefully bringing the war closer to an end. So that's kind of my update. That was kind of a long ramble, but mm-hmm. I think it's quite Very informative. I think it's important and interesting, and um, obviously something I like. I definitely want to stay on top of because it's um, you know we we've got. Inflation around the world, driven a lot by food prices skyrocketing because of um, Russia uh, not exporting any of their their wheat and Ukraine not being able to export their wheat. wheat. Um, lots of stuff like it's a very conse- very very consequential, very consequential war. Um, on top of the the tens of thousands of um, innocent people being killed by um, Russia because they want to take more land. <laughs> It's really, it's really, it's really disgusting Epic. and disturbing. Yeah, it really it's, is. It really it's, is. It, it, it boggles my mind. It really boggles my mind. And you know, I, I, I do see a lot of people on Twitter who are 
I, honestly, I think it's very reasonable when you see a war, like an invasion by Ukraine, or I'm sorry, an invasion by Russia into Ukraine, and you see all the narratives from you know New York Times, the United States government saying like, oh my goodness, this invasion by Russia is really terrible. We have to support Ukraine. I see a lot of people on Twitter you know, pause and say, um, I'm going to question that narrative. And actually, maybe there's more to the story that I don't understand. Maybe if Russia. The mainstream media and then in America says that it's that it's important. Then you got to like. Yeah, you, you got to like pause. leftists be like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me too. I mean, I know I do question things when I for obvious reasons when I. Yeah. Yeah. Encounter so them, I'll... But. I, I think I know what you're going to say. But yeah, exactly. Like, this is just unfortunately one of those situations where no matter how you look at it, there's no justifying, you know, sending in missiles and killing and bombing 100,000, killing 100,000 civilians um, for so Russia can take more territory and claim it as their own. You know, there's no, it's just fascist. It's just fascist. You know, like the, the, this is one of those situations where like, it's so it's black disgusting. and white. It's so you know? fucking, sorry, can I swear? It's so yes. disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, how, you know, how do we handle the situation now that the war is going? Do we send tanks? Do we don't? Do we, how much money do we send? You know, those are questions that I'm happy to debate because those are open-ended, really, really hard questions. But in terms of morality, yeah, you know, I think there's no question that, you know, it's horrendous what's happening to Ukrainians right now and it's really sh- it's really just 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 so depressing that a dictator in, in Russia could just um, you know, wants to get his approval rating up in his country, put on a show, f- you know, just whatever he's do- whatever's going through his head. Put wants to go in history books, Russian history books as the guy who took more territory, whatever, you know. Whatever's going through Putin's head, you know, it's just horrendous. Um so yeah yeah that's all i've got to say about that um Mm -hmm. we can go back to talking about the other bald dictator now if you want sophie (laughs) (laughs) well actually it's not entirely rupaul's fault here because we're actually talking about hey rupaul fans i'm sure you're aware of the the real friends of weho west hollywood um it's a new reality show on mtv uh that essentially takes the format of the real housewives which are like you know the very successful reality show um but instead they have a bunch of successful gay men and i don't know what they were thinking like putting this in between um rupaul's drag race like the main show so rupaul's drag race fans you know that um rupaul rupaul's drag race is a is actually a two-part show first you get the like main like episode and then there's an a 30 a 20 to 30 minute um extended episode that um is like a behind the scenes uh sort of chat that goes on like every episode i guess like i don't know how i would describe it there's like usually drama and it's called untucked like, right untucked yes untucked. untucked so so typically I, like I do too so typically uh, what happens with Drag Race is the main episode airs, and then we go straight into Untucked. But unfortunately, because of the Real Friends of WeHo, there's a long gap in between the main show and Untucked. Because now, in order to get to Untucked, you have to sit through an entire episode of the Real Friends of WeHo if you want to watch it like immediately. And that has caused a lot of backlash from Drag Race fans. And you're probably thinking, okay, so what? It's a it's a show. You can just ignore it. It's like just like I don't know, like who? Why do you care? But I think a lot of people, especially like people in the LGBTQ community, just like completely disapprove of the show's present premise. Sorry, like they just don't find it interesting. They're like, this is such a useless show. Who cares about these like rich like? successful gay people like this is not what we want to see like no one asked for this i mean no one did no one asked for that um and another thing too is that it is one of the people in the cast is todrick hall so rubble's drag race fans know todrick hall very well because he is sort of like a resident choreographer and sometimes judges the queens as well on the show and todrick has like collaborated with rupaul quite a bit over the years um, but Tajik Hall has been in like a lot of controversy lately. Um, he was really like 
rude on Big Brother or whatever, that reality show, like, people hated him on that. He, there's, like, some sexual assault allegations. There's some, there's a lot of allegations of him, like, not paying his, like, backup dancers. He's a dancer and choreographer, but he doesn't pay his, like, not paying people correctly or, like, at all. There's all sorts of, like, controversies he's gotten himself into. So people are like, just like, why would we want to watch a show with, like, this dude, like, this sounds so dumb, like, you know? So a lot of people are just angry with it. I have a question. Does does this show's existence and it being crammed in between, like, the RuPaul shows, um, does that have anything to do with the RuPaul show being shortened? Yes, that or- is the reason why it's shortened. So typically, RuPaul's Drag Race episodes are an hour and a half. Um, in the past, they used to be shorter, probably similar to the length that they are in now because of the show. So there's some debate saying like, okay, like the older seasons, which are the superior seasons, have um, this like a similar runtime. So maybe we should be grateful that the runtime has been shortened because there's like less filler and like boring stuff. So that has been like an argument. And in some ways, I agree. Like I think I but I think it matters like how they edit it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yes, the episode has been shortened from one hour and a half to uh, an hour, but technically it's about 40 minutes with commercials. So much shorter. Mm -hmm. And this has resulted in a lot of stuff being cut, especially the runways. So the runways have been really shortened to like how they normally are. Um, And there's you see a lot less detail and like some queens like Selena Estides, I saw tweet about this, other queens as well, saying like, okay, like we've spent thousands and thousands of dollars like trying to get on the show, like like basically, you know, hiring designers to make outfits and like investing in, you know, wigs and all sorts of things, you know, like there's hours and hours and money going into this. It's a big investment. Um, so they're sort of upset, like, okay, we've worked so hard for this. Why are we only like being shown for like 13 seconds during a runway like when we put so much work into these outfits um so some of the queens on the season are, are mad about it so they, they want they want to be shown more they they think they deserve more uh, screen time for like you know what i mean like and I, I i understand that because unfortunately now rupaul's drag race has become so mainstream that in order to sort of like compete and like be good on the show you have to invest a lot of money mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's there's definitely questions of class and drag yeah. race i can get into that later but i don't know if that's interesting I'm, no i would I, yeah i will I, i'm just going to intervene right now and say so just for a little little you know context i'm a noob i'm a rupaul's drag race noob but sophie has encouraged He's me a to newbie. yeah to watch this newest season with her from you know episode one onwards and there is, I mean, I am, I'm, I am like just blown away by the the amount of contradictions and conflict and intensity and just chaos going on in this show. Like, there's so many things Absolutely. you can analyze, and like, yeah, Sophie was saying, like, this is just one out of many different things. It's like some people clearly are rich famous successful maybe made a lot of money off tiktok drag queens and they hire people to make them twenty thousand dollar outfits you know exactly and then there's some people who are maybe old school drag queens who you know grew up in you know downtown you know wherever and they're making it they're making the outfits themselves by hand and unfortunately the reality is maybe you work really hard making something by hand but it's just not going to be as epic as something that someone paid ten thousand twenty thousand dollars for someone else to make so it's like it's really right. strange you, you got that the money advantage coming in it's absolutely uh, an advantage and you can see it like in the show it it shows like people who win the show or do well are like investing in these you know uh designed outfits for them like these these mm-hmm. constructed outfits made custom for them and the like amount of money that like p- people put into this is like like n- incomprehensible like h- tens of thousands of dollars into the show like trying yeah. to compete yeah i um, remember because they believe it will it, they'll get a return on investment they believe that 
okay, if I'm on the show, maybe I'll win. Maybe I'll win $200,000. It used to be $100,000, but maybe I'll, now I'll win $200,000 and the outfits will pay for themselves. And maybe mm-hmm. now, or even people who don't expect to win, um, they're going to get more bookings in theory, maybe some brand deals, partnerships. And there's also the potential that they could be on an all-star season. So yeah. they believe that there are opportunities even if they don't win the show. So they believe that that investment is is theoretically worth worth it. So. Yeah. yeah. And I remember one episode we were watching um, after one of the drag queens won that specific challenge and they won $5,000. She said right after, well, that's going to go ahead and pay for the, the dress that I, right. I, I made right. for that's this contest. Great, you know? uh, Kyle, that's a great observation. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's I'm, that's a great observation. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So some people have said that that kind of has compromised the crea- the like original charm and creativity of the show because um, originally a lot of the queens didn't really have a lot of money or they they like were design they made their own outfits like some of the most iconic winners of the show like Raja from season three which I think is probably like 2010. No, maybe like 2011 or 2012, way back. Um, she was she made all of her outfits, and people people mostly had to make their own outfits, or at least like curate clothes, or like mm-hmm. invest a lot of time and like effort into these costumes. That was basically done by them. Them. There weren't a lo- there wasn't a lot of involvement of other like third party like designers like working with them. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That forced people to be a lot more creative. There were a lot more design challenges back then. People had to learn to sew, or if they didn't sew, there it was always a train wreck. But it was it was great TV. It was fun to watch because, you know, and that's kind of maybe sometimes it's still fun now because they still do like a design challenge. So like the queens who are kind of rich who buy their outfits like they can't sew, so they often struggle here because they can't actually make a good outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, like now it's like there's in theory you've lost some of the charm because now people can just like buy these perfect outfits and there's no like diy craftiness to it anymore yeah i honestly i i think the rupaul's drag race and i am obviously an amateur i'm new to the show i think um, just off the a little bit i've seen it's hard to think of a more crystal clear example of taking something artistic which is drag and then diminishing the artsiness of it in the name of yeah. profit, you know? It's like, true. That's that's the that's the main criticism of RuPaul, like like yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race becoming mainstream. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's a lot, that's like a huge reason people don't like the show and drag mm-hmm. queens themselves. Like people have. There's a famous video of a, a drag queen like who's really funny, like saying RuPaul's Drag Race has fucked up drag, like. Mm-hmm. The scene is completely changed because now people are trying to get on the show. Like that's why they start drag in the first place. That they want to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. I want to be famous. Yeah. Whereas before, people were already drag queens. People have been drag queens for like a while back. I mean, this goes back like hundreds of years. There RuPaul drag queens, was literally you know? a punk rocker. You know, drag he queen was. was he he literally was a punk rocker. He had a punk band. He was in a punk. Yeah, band. he was in a punk band. Drag used to be like an underground, you know, middle finger to society. We're gonna dress and do what we want. And now it's yeah, it's exact. Now it's a it's a freaking you know reality he stripped, TV like, show. All of the creativity and like yeah. authenticity of it, and he also like exploits the trauma of all these like lgbtq people who have like gone through all these horrible things and like milking those like terrible traumatic experiences for like emmy award-winning moments like you observe that people talking about Mm -hmm. their really hard childhoods and stuff and of course that's nice to hear about and it provides some hope to people watching but when it's like every episode it's like that's so draining it's like like, oh we've hit the 25 minute mark let's go ahead yes exactly now i need a traumatic story yeah so There's that criticism as well. Um, I still like Drag Race, and I think there's still some good parts of it. Um, I'm a I'm a very loyal fan to the show. I I won't ever stop watching, probably. So um, there's still like amazing outfits. There's some fun. There's still some talent. There is talent. There are a lot a lot of talented queens, obviously. But this is you know why I prefer Dragula because I think people's art on there is a lot more respected. 
and it's a lot more creative it's a lot more punk it's a lot more punk and indie and uh i mean yeah so i definitely recommend that over over drag race if you're looking for like more authentic drag um not not to say that the queens on the show are um not authentic i just sort of mean the structure and like rupaul's whole like prerogative i can't lie though i i can't wait for the next episode I, really? I, like actually? I'm, I'm I honestly am hooked on RuPaul, and I Hi, will say we should watch uh, this little insight into our personal lives. We should watch Untucked tonight. Wait, if I you're am, free, I am down to watch Untucked. Okay. I just I feel like all the stuff we just criticized about RuPaul and the profit motive taking away the art artistic elements of the show. You can't lie what, that it's a great show. It's well the the craziness of RuPaul and the craziness of the entire show to me i think adds just an additional layer of weirdness that i enjoy getting out of the show you know even though like it probably yeah, is ultimately a net, a, net, a net negative i'd still well, think like it might be but it's also like the re- the uh, representation argument like drag is really ma- mainstream now so that means like yeah. For example, famous drag queen Jinx Monsoon, who won season five of RuPaul's Drag Race, she's now stars in Chicago on Broadway, and she was mm. just interviewed by, um, I think, uh, on the Late Show, or someone like a like a mainstream like night night show or what, what are they called nighttime talk show I, Late Show or whatever I don't really know like one of those it wasn't Fallon or Kimmel I don't think I can't remember who it was anyway so like. Drag is a lot more mainstream. You're seeing drag queens in like blockbuster movies. Um, mm-hmm. Shay Coulee, who won All Stars, one of the All Star seasons, she inspired a character in a Marvel like in Marvel show. Like, like there's there's a lot of impact now, and that's uh, maybe I think that it's done a lot for like representation and like acceptance of like gay people and like trans people for sure. There's no question that that has been beneficial, but I think there's there's going to be a point that we reach and i think we're approaching it soon where it's going to start like kind of doing some damage i think it's like it's like pop it's like pop music you know it's like okay this genre right, this genre right. of music is like so watered down now and it's all over the radio this is what what happened to hyper pop guys yeah yeah so i so, you know, as a, as a musician you know who's seen this story play out a million times with music it's really fascinating to see it play out with another medium of art which yeah. is yeah and yeah. I, I will say, though, you know, I, I, I'm i late to the show. I'm late to the party. Maybe because I'm like a, you know, straight guy who this is kind of stuff that I never thought I'd be interested in. You know, I'm now seeing like, oh, I understand now drag is just like a very entertaining form of yeah. art. And I'm like, it is. I, There's like, nothing wanna... like gay about liking it. No. Or being no. interested in it. No, it's just it's it's just like a lot of it's just a lot of fun. And it's really fun. It's creative and just like good yeah. reality sh- tv and last season maddie morphosis a straight drag queen so you never know kyo well just kidding uh, i know i know you'd love that sophie but i was gonna say no i mean i i I wouldn't be mad but it would be it would be very funny okay i was just gonna say (laughs) i've lived in new york now for eight years and i've never even thought of going to a drag show but i know there's plenty of places around me that go to that, that have drag shows and I'm like, well, maybe now it's time I um yeah, why not get maybe you know one of my um friends who uh, attend drag shows. They, I can reach out to him. We can like, we take, can go to me. one together. Yeah, Sophie, I'll, I'll uh, you can we'll you can lead the one. way on that. You can do the research and figure <laughs> out you know. So like I think Kyle, I think you should watch some of the. We maybe we can watch them. Or, like we should. I think you should watch some of the older like golden age of RuPaul shows when I think the combinations were just right because it's incredible TV and it's really compelling. So, okay. All right. I, yeah. Just I'll, a recommendation. Uh, Sorry. I just ranted the... about RuPaul's Drag Race for like a long time, but no, no, no. I, it's wait, okay. We were literally talking about the real, real friends of WeHo. It's not even okay. Anyway, I guess the real friends of WeHo is just an extension of like, I don't know, like the profit gay. motive ruining the show. Probably yeah. Like who knows yeah, what? Who knows why? The, yeah, and it's funny because every time we're watching the show, Sophie, whenever the commercial pops up with the real, oh house, yeah, I get real, so you know, mad. You're like, oh, I hate this, and then you like fast forward like every single time. It's like, Sophie, <laughs> I, I know, know you. 
like, I know you hate it, but you just, it just, it's really funny. And I know you're not alone because I've seen people on Twitter oh, also. I'm not alone. Go on Reddit yeah. or Twitter or anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. No, honestly, it's kind of a meme now. I literally just posted like a picture of the cast just because yeah. I wanted to. So, yeah. We, WeHo is uh, Sophie's Ukraine. Yeah. That's kind oh of the. Oh, my God. That's the. <laughs> That's the oh. that's literally the stuff we cover on this like podcast. I'm not okay. mu- I'm not much we, of a fan of the LA. We we literally went from talking about like the Ukraine war to now talking about like I mean it it fits. They're Wait, they're the w- same women thing. Women be like just yeah. <laughs> They're the same thing just happening in different mediums. Indeed. Um, the dialectics with, of history. Yeah, maybe maybe some different uh uh consequences, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I guess uh, I'll just give a brief a, a brief update on the the China situation with COVID nineteen. Um, getting back to some more politics stuff, um, and then we'll finish off the episode with our our uh, conversation on the show Velma, which Sophie and I watched the first two episodes of. Um, I think it's a good thing for us to give a update on the situation with co- uh, COVID nineteen in China, both because I think it's like extremely consequential for literally over a billion people's lives and also we did talk about it maybe a month ago and there's been some updates uh and i want to be able to like give those updates rather than people not having the full picture of the story um so about a month ago the covid19 lockdowns were very um very oppressive you know there's a fu- there's a fire that killed a lot of people actually the the covid-19 lockdowns in china do vary a lot depending on what city or town you live in but there was basically all across china at one point um there were mass protests opposing the covid-19 lockdowns and um you know china is a country where you know you you, you can protest the government and stuff but you got to be careful too because you can only protest the government in ways that the government approves of and for there to be mass protests like this against the covid zero policy in china which says that you know they're going to be very aggressive in china about making sure there's zero covid-19 spreading um it was it was kind of crazy you know we we weren't sure were the protests going to be violently repressed was the chinese government going to respond to it and basically, long story short, you know, just to be clear here, I think the Chinese government, you know, they, I think they handled the protests well, which was the protests died down and China started opening up their um, economy, you know, and started to kind of reopen things. Um, you know, some people might say it's a protest. I think, honestly, the reason things started opening up in China is because COVID just became literally impossible to stop from spreading because the the Omicron variant is just extremely contagious. So the COVID zero policies, which were very aggressive in China to try to prevent the spread, became completely useless. And, um, you know, it's an exponential curve. So in a ma- it really, you know, this is probably the fastest any disease in human history has ever spread. Because China, obviously, a lot of the population lives in cities, 1.2 billion people rapidly spread. At this point now, the Chinese government is saying that over 80% of the population in China has been spread, uh, con- um, has been contaminated with COVID-19. When literally a few months ago, wow, it was a t- very, very, very small, like, base, you know, almost nobody in China. I mean, there's been people with COVID in China, but very small percentage of people in, in China had COVID. Now over 80%, probably even higher because the Chinese government is not super transparent with this, these things. Um, so you can just kind of assume literally everyone in China has had it or is going to get have it. And this is obviously a tragedy. We can't really, you know, to Ch- the Chinese government is giving ridiculously, absurdly low counts for deaths that are definitely not true. And there's some people who've looked at satellite images and seen, you know, there's no doubt that just 1.2 billion people getting COVID-19, lots of deaths, lots of serious injury, you know, permanent disabilities. But there's a couple interesting things to take away though. I do want to say, so one is just given how fast it's spreading, honestly, in a few months from now, this COVID wave in China is going to be over. Because, like, it's already peaked. That's how fast this disease spreads. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's just, like, a really tragic, painful few months. And then 
the world's going to look very differently in a few months from now, now that China is kind of, you know, opening their doors again to tourists and Chinese people going, you know, traveling in the world around the world now, now that they've opened up. Um, China's probably going to be using more gas and fuel again, given that they limited, you know, the, the, the restrictions in the economy limited the amount of fuel they were using. So who knows, maybe gas prices are going to go up again, which is going to suck. You know, just lots of different, basically, long story short, this is like a, this is a huge, you know, p- turning the page on this gigantic historic event. COVID, you know, COVID-19 is still here. It's doing a ton of damage. But the, the COVID zero policies in China, which were extremely dramatic, um, in the most populous country in the world, they're coming to an end, and it's it's unfolding behind you know beneath our eyes, and it's just is massive. Um, so that's kind of what's happening right now. And like I said, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And another piece of good news is actually you know there's a lot of speculation that the chi- the vaccines in China weren't as effective as the mRNA vaccines in the United States and Europe. Actually, it looks now if you've taken at least three doses. Or four doses, four doses of the the Chinese vaccines, they just they seem to be just about equally as effective as the mRNA vaccines. But you have to take at least three or four. And the issue is that China, you know, most people in China have not been taking three or four; they've been taking one or two. Um, but it is at least a good sign that um, there are vaccines that work that China has and they're going to use those it's just really it's really depressing and confusing and you know shameful that while they were locked down they weren't administering them because that would have saved you know hundreds of thousands of lives so that's uh, so sad My God. it's sad it's just you know it's just, it's just this is like you know this is just I want to just talk about this for, for five minutes just squeeze it into our podcast and you know this is just how insane our lives have been for the past few years that this is just like a little five minute news segment we're squeezing in this podcast and it's literally just earth shattering insanely consequential for a billion people you know it's how crazy our lives have been the past few years and how scary it's been scary it's been freaking insane yeah it really has it really has yeah not much left, you know I don't have anything else to say about it just you know I just wanted to lay it out there that's what's happening on the other side of the planet right now um obviously wish China the best um you know I I I I uh I don't know I don't know, it's just it's tragic but um like I said it'll be over in a few months it's like ripping off a band-aid just because of how insanely fast the uh the the virus spreads and we'll we'll see how things play out and what what China's China's reality is going to look like a few few months from now might be very different. Um, so that's that's really all I've got to say. <sighs> all right. Well, that's it's a fun really little news. Well, well spe- really well said, but sad and yeah, very makes me think about life. <laughs> yeah, existential yeah. kind of. I don't know. Existential. Yeah, yeah. I know it's 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 sad. Like China did. A, I think they did a. I mean, maybe kind of a hot take. I think they did a pretty good job with them. <laughs> I think some of their lockdowns were kind of a good idea, and I think they would have they would have come out of this thing as being seen as the model for how to handle pandemics if they would have actually vaccinated people. But now they just seem like absolutely insane, crazy, barbaric. Now they know, just want to like lock people down because they want to lock people down, not because yeah. they actually care about the virus. Yeah, because exactly. then they'd be vaccinating people. Yeah, exactly, and. You know, again, before you point fingers and say, haha, look how bad China handled the virus, obviously, here in the United States, it's not like we did a very good job either, so. Good point. Um, alrighty. Last topic, probably even more depressing and dark than <laughs> COVID-19 spreading through China, which is the TV show Velma! Yay! Yay! Sophie and I watched the first two episodes of Velma. We did, we did. A Scooby-Doo spinoff show that... Made by Mindy Kaling. Yes, she's the um, actress who's in The Office. You know her from The Office. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We did the same thing at the same time. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. And... uh, Yeah. Yeah, so she's uh, She's... she's released a show that um, is getting incredibly harsh, terrible criticism from critics. Lots of people are hating on it like crazy. People on the right are mad. 
How dare you make this character Asian when before they were white? How dare you make this character black before when they were white? That's what you're hearing on the right wing, and then on the left wing you're hearing... How dare you make a joke that was insensitive towards the Me Too hashtag? And then everybody who's in between, who maybe doesn't care that much about politics, is just like, how dare you make a show that's just... That, that, Scoob, Scoob, how, could you make, how could you make a show that's not good and it's a Scooby-Doo show and there's no Scooby-Doo dog in it? Based griller be like... Yeah, the griller was like, but I just want to hang out with Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, so obviously I do not agree with the the criticism from the right, really. I don't really care. It's like her show. She can do what she wants. Um, Yeah, but anyway, um, I think like, (laughs) I just think it's a bad show. That's like point blank. It's just not good. It's not compelling. And a common criticism that we have is that the characters aren't really likable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, yeah, like, I, I saw a headline. I didn't click it because I don't care enough about this topic to read an article about it. But someone said that, like, the headline was, Velma isn't edgy, it's just mean. And that's kind of how I feel. It's like the, the characters are really mean to each other for, like, no reason. And it's just like, right. you know, it's like, I don't know, Sco- the Scooby and the gang. They're the gang. They're supposed to, you know, be the team. Scooby-Doo is such a wholesome show. Yeah, they have one character who is Shaggy, who goes by a different name. I forget the, the name. Who is like the one like extremely nice, friendly character in the show, and it's like Norville or something. Norville, like yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, but he gets bullied. He gets he's relentlessly bullied. It's like, come on, don't give us one nice character and then have him be like bullied nonstop. Um, so yeah, I I completely agree with Sophie. Like the right wing people who who are get making a big. St- stink about oh they're a different race in this spin-off show like come on that is the most in that is like the dumbest like who who cares like who cares literally who cares yeah it's it's like uh it's it's mindy's show she can do what she wants and obviously there's also a lot of people who you know maybe they maybe they're asian and it's kind of fun for them to get to see their favorite scooby <laughs> i don't know it's like who cares just who cares and then yeah yeah i i i think sophie and i feel the same way about it um i feel mm-hmm. like the show almost tries to be like ironic and self-aware about it all this about all the stupid stuff they're putting in the show like in the first episode then it's like then why do it then if yeah you're make yeah fun of it. like just actually make something good then yeah that's my yeah that's my belief yeah, I will say being self-deprecating will... can only go so far. I agree, and then people. Oh, I was also seeing people say like, "Oh, this show is trivializing anxiety by not showing what anxiety really feels like, and is belittling schizophrenia." You know, I don't really know. You know, just lots. I feel like yeah. I, I do. Mean, fe- Kai and I have anxiety. I don't. I don't know. I wasn't really like offended by it per se. Yeah. But, I, like, yeah. it wasn't, like, the best representation of it or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. like, it's kind of what I expected for, like, a cartoon show. But maybe, I I don't know. But am, then yeah. again, BoJack Horseman is good, so who knows. Yeah. I am seeing a lot of people stack a lot of their political hot takes within this show, you know, on this show as reason to dislike the show. And maybe a lot of your political takes are correct about the show. Um, but I just, I really think it's missing the bigger picture, which is the show is just bad. So it's bad, you know, you know like it's not, of co- if, if the show is not going to please like a really dumb Scooby-Doo enjoyer who doesn't know anything about politics, then it's definitely not going to fulfill your like Marxist like analysis of like the proper way of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, yeah. it's not, do- it's not hitting any of the marks. So I was. I think if you lower your expectations a lot, I think it's, it's like the worst thing. It's I've not ever the worst seen. show. I would like. I would give it like a four out of ten. You know? Yeah, like, that's a good one. That's a it's good like, rating. I mean. It's a bad show, but it's not a one out of ten. You know? It's like you can skip it and be fine. Like you can you skip it and be fine. You don't need to watch it. Yeah. You can yeah, watch I, it and your world won't end. Like there's like maybe a couple laughs in the first yeah. like two episodes I had. Like I laughed a little bit, yeah. but like. And it's I could not, see the show getting better. I could see them like fixing it a little bit. Yeah, you know? I've heard though. I think the another episode came out or something, and people said it made it even worse. So oh, we gotta watch it then. 
Yeah. Okay. We're gonna watch it then. We'll I guess. watch it. We'll watch it later. Because uh, that's the thing is like I will I will say like I want to watch the next episode. You know. I uh, know. At first you said I asked you and you were like, eh, but now. Well, now that we're talking, like I've been thinking we about shall it. Shall see. I want to be. I want to be the contrarian who who sticks with it. Who and likes then, like, Velma? Season it's like oh, season two is amazing. You know, like oh my god. <laughs> It's like season oh my god being yeah. that person it's like season two of velma's actually yeah it's literally like it's like like yeah. breaking bad level good yeah, yes yeah it's like oh my god like it gets you so just deep. gotta stick with it yeah yeah it's like you know what it actually That'd like be it's so really, funny it's like yeah like in season two like they form a union and like throw overthrow the bourgeoisie and it's like really woke and awesome in like a good way you know they learned so, their lesson they learned their lesson so um yeah, I guess that's a review is, you know, everyone is, it's not good, but everyone chill out, you know, don't make a big like culture war out of it. We don't need to do that. Don't you can just... give like Republicans shit to be yeah. mad about on Tucker Carlson or whatever. It's just yeah. like, everyone just chill. Yeah. Chill out, everyone. It's a four out of 10. Okay. It's a four yeah. out of 10. There were worse shows out there. Yeah. Everybody was going crazy about Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday is a seven out of 10 at best. Really? At I would best. say it's not like a six out of ten, maybe. Okay. Well, that's, that's the thing is, if, if Wednesday, if Wednesday is a six out of ten, and everyone loved that, and Scooby Doo is a four out of ten, and everyone hates it, you know, it's like guys, it's just TV, you know, like the the, the, yeah, the, the like four, you four are out literally of ten. watching a cartoon about like a girl like solving mysteries. It's and, for like, it's for teenagers, y'all. It's, like, it's for a, teenage edgy teenagers, but it's, it yeah, just, yeah. It misses the mark. It, it's not it's not good, but like. The I'm willing to bet ended. there's a, like art is art is still alive, guys. It's okay. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet a lot of teenagers actually do like it, and they just are kind of keeping it to they're themselves. Just, like too scared to like. Yeah. They're in their like niche Tumblr communities or Discord or whatever, like yeah, huddling. They're, they're making edgy jokes about sex and drugs and violence. What if Daphne was a drug dealer? Yo, what if they had the Scooby Doo characters do a lesbian kiss? After dealing drugs and killing someone, yeah. I so so when you say it like that, it sounds very appealing to me, but okay. it just well, wasn't executed well. Like I said, let's wait for season two. We're gonna stick with it. We're gonna be the the mm-hmm. the champions of um. Stan Velma, Stan Velma, Stan George Santos, Stan Kamala, mm-hmm. Stan the real real friends of WeHo. If you have any culture. Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's everything. <laughs> I don't have anything else. Any other last thoughts on Velma before we wrap up the show? Not really. So we'll see. <laughs> All okay. Right. Well, All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thanks so much for streaming Kyle's album, uh, Yourself is Fire, Fireman. Check it out. It's doing really well. So read some reviews. Check it out. Give it some streams. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for listening. Um, this is listening. Base News Network. Base Bye. News Network.